0: Welcome to the Dear Beloved Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Jean, founder of the Beloved Collective, and together we will dive deep into relationships, femininity, and the stages leading up to marriage from a Catholic perspective. Here you'll find real conversations rooted in the truth, dispelling the lies found in our culture, and learn practical ways that we can keep Christ at the center of our lives and relationships. Dear beloved, welcome back. Today we have a guest who's been on before coming back to us today to talk with us, um, Sarah. Welcome back, Sarah. Hello. Um, last time I had you on, I apologize. I did not let you introduce yourself. So <laughs> if people like also follow you, they probably know who you are, but if not, then I'm very sorry, I apologize. But why don't you introduce don't yourself mind. now?
1: Okay, yeah. So my name is Sarah. Sarah Forgon. I um, on Instagram. I my name is Sarah K. So people get a little confused because they assume that's my last name, but it's not. It's short for my middle name. But um, I am a uh, photographer, and specifically, I shoot Catholic weddings and um, other kind of beautiful stages of life, um, like maternity and engagement and seniors and things like that. So that's my, my job and my, my work. I do that all on my own. It's a full-time gig and I've been so blessed to, to be able to do that. Um, but my, my Instagram is by Sarah K, So That's probably how most people would know me if they know me. Um, and I spend a lot of time there like that's on Instagram. That's probably where I do most of my, um, quote unquote living in the social media world. Um, but i live in arizona in the phoenix area of arizona i'm from california originally um, i've lived in arizona for just a couple years now um, but i've also lived in tennessee so um kind of related to what we'll be touching on today I've, I've moved a couple times in my life with some pretty drastic changes so as well as going back to an area that was familiar um so it's definitely um part of my story and and even part of my faith journey that um, has brought me to where i am now but Um, I'm very blessed to live where I do and have actually still have family close by my family kind of all migrated to Arizona and so that's kind of where I'm at now and um, I travel a lot for for work um, which again I'm so blessed to do and um, yeah I feel like that's that's kind of to me in a
0: little bit of a nutshell about what I do and where how I work and um, yeah. Awesome is there something that you would want to share that you are grateful for today? Oh goodness! Sorry to put well, you on the spot. <laughs>
1: no, it's okay. I, I, there could just if anything, just because there could be so much, and it is important to, to focus on the gratitude aspect of things. Then I'm actually prepping to leave for a big trip right now. So for those of you who are watching the YouTube, I have my, my my room looks like it exploded because I'm packing right now. So I guess I could say that one thing I'm grateful for is just the, the 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 blessing of being able to travel um and f- but do it for my job so I'm, I'm flying to um right I'm first going to a friend's wedding so that's beautiful and I love that but I'm also going to be going to Europe and it's for shooting a Catholic wedding in Italy so I cannot imagine how much more grateful I can't be any more grateful for that opportunity and um it's been a, a step by step you know varying things had to happen in the last year or so to get to this point but that have been, I've been so grateful for each of those steps, the people that I've met and the experiences I had that have now led to this opportunity. So, um, it's kind of a long-winded way of saying that I think I'm just grateful for, for these opportunities to, to work with travel and and all of that.
0: Yeah, no, that's so special. I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, and part of traveling and things like that, our topic today is just kind of on the topic of cultivating community where you're at. So sometimes mm-hmm. like we're, we're at a place where we see, maybe we think that um, community is greener on that side of the, yeah. you know, whatever, uh, the grass is greener somewhere yes. else. And so I really just wanted to talk about, you know, from people who have moved a few times or drastically or moved back to an area, I feel like we both have that in common. Mm-hmm. Uh, how to cultivate that community when it's not necessarily just like thrown in your lap.
1: Um, Mm -hmm. because
0: honestly that's what happens. (laughs) It's not Mm -hmm. thrown in your lap. Yeah. If it is like, Hey, listen, take it and be grateful. (laughs) Right. But really it takes a lot of work. So, um, yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your history in terms of that? Like, have you gone through any transitions where, um, you've been in a new place? Etc. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um,
1: that is, like I said, a huge part of my, my journey to this point in my life. And, um, I have made two or three at this point, kind of drastic transitions, um, just in the course of my twenties even, um, which I'm still in, (laughs) still in my twenties. Um, but I, I had a drastic move where I moved from my home of California to Tennessee after I graduated college. Um, this is this is gonna be a nutshell version. So I went mm-hmm. from California to Tennessee, um, and then only about a year after that, um, went back to California, um, to my college town. So not to my hometown, but to where I went to college, and I actually ended up working at my college. And then another big transition from there to where I am now in Arizona, um, and almost each of these transitions. Except from except maybe for the one to tennessee I, I i the decision i made quickly but the process took a little longer whereas from tennessee to california and california and arizona i ended up actually making those transitions all with like within a couple weeks like from making the decision to actually doing it and moving out mm-hmm. within a couple weeks so those were always those were very quick very quick transitions didn't have a lot of time to really even wrap my mind around how i was going to do things and what was going to happen and things like that which I can go into why that's actually probably a good thing for for the nature of my personality and how God worked in that, but um, but yes, I've been through those big transitions and had a variety of experiences of, you know, moving to to Tennessee where I knew, I think I knew maybe one person um, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: who luckily was one of my best friends at the time and still is one of my best friends actually, but she was also new to the area. She was going there for grad school, so she didn't grow up there. And so I did have to cultivate a brand new community entirely in a place that I had never even been to before. Um, Mm -hmm. well, I'd been, I'd visited one time (laughs) when I was in in the process of looking for like a weekend. Um, and then same thing for Arizona. Um, I had visited before, but I, I, uh, totally different community of people. Um, and that was such an interesting experience as well. So I could go into as much detail as we need, but I have made those big transitions and each, each experience of building community has looked different, um, yeah. with each of those experiences. Um, cause like you mentioned, sometimes it's going back to your home or going back to a place that's familiar and kind of having to reintegrate in as an older version of yourself mm-hmm. or a more formed version of yourself. Um, mm-hmm. and what that looks like and, and how that, um, how that can be achieved well
0: and, and worked through well. Right. Exactly. It's so funny that we have kind of similar parallels because yeah. also after college, I, moved, dropped everything, and I moved to Europe. <laughs> I moved mm-hmm. to Austria for school. Mm-hmm. It was school, so, like, there was a reason to be there and everything like that. Sure. I knew no one going mm-hmm. there. I literally, I never even visited the school. I just, like, walked off the plane, and I was like, right. I don't know anyone. <laughs> yeah, that's meant to be to speak the language. I mean, yeah. it's not country. <laughs> Crazy. And then I ended up moving um, pretty suddenly back to where I grew up, mm-hmm. and then... Um, I moved here to DC also kind of quickly. So I've mm-hmm. had, it's funny that we yeah. both had like one mover, it's like back right. to kind of familiar, um, but two moves that were kind of not. So kind of focusing more on the moves that are, were to a new place, right. Mm-hmm. To a brand mm-hmm. new place. Maybe we didn't know anybody or we knew like yeah. one or two people. Um, what were the, some of the things that you did to kind of find or cultivate community?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it's kind of funny because you mentioned something about, you know, how we, it's rare that we get a, a community kind of dropped in our lap, right? Where that's where it just kind of happens naturally without any work and things like that. So, mm-hmm. what's funny is is looking back on my experiences, I feel like that actually almost is what happened to me when I moved to Tennessee, where I got, I was so blessed. God knew exactly how to take care of me in that season where I knew no one but needed to really expand my horizons, uh, So, I just coming out of college where you're surrounded by people and your best friends like all the time, every day, living with those people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and with that said, though, I knew that it was going to be a big transition. I knew that finding community immediately was going to be important for me as a very social extroverted relational person. And I, from even before moving there, I was emailing the priest of the church that I was planning on going to um, asking for connections for people who could connect me to other young adults in the area, um, primarily, or like, especially for people to live with, if that was an option, but even just for, just to kind of get connected and meet people, ask if there were young adult events, things like that. And, Mm -hmm. um, he was great. And he connected me to basically that exact kind of person, someone who was in a similar stage of life, similar age as me. And, Happened to run a lot of the young adult events in the in the community or from the church. Um, She also happened to be named Sarah. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) my life. Um, And you know, in doing I was you kind of have to just put yourself out there. And as an extrovert, that comes easier to me. So I know that that's not necessarily something that feels comfortable for everybody. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was still nervous. It was still one of those things that feels almost out of place, even as an extrovert. But you kind of just have to put your, your best foot forward from the get go, take initiative. And me emailing that, the priest of the church that I knew I wanted to attend was kind of that step one. And that is definitely the catalyst that sparked pretty much everything else Mm -hmm. of like how i met everyone that I met when I lived in Tennessee and how they're still some of my best friends today. And that was now, gosh, six years ago at this point, five or six years ago. And, um, from meeting her, I mean, she also ended up becoming a really good friend of mine. Um, but funny enough, she actually couldn't, she had invited me to a young adult event. It was a Theology on Tap, which I'm sure many people have heard of. It's kind of a a, a a type of Catholic young adult event that is usually community oriented and you have a speaker and you usually are at some bar or something like that. And you kind of just mingle and you meet people and you learn about our faith and things like that. And so there, that was happening like within a few days after I moved. And so she invited me to that, said she would meet me there and then she'd be able to introduce me to people. Um, so this fun story is that she actually ended up not being able to come, but she then sent my information to another person. So I told that person to look out for me um, mm-hmm. and to meet me and to then introduce me, kind of to take on the role that she was going to do. And that girl ended up becoming my, my all time best friend. I was maid of honor in her wedding. Um, she probably will be in mine someday. I mean, that's, that then she is then a person who was so connected, like knew everyone. She had actually only moved only a year before that, but she's an extrovert too. And she likes to be social. So she already knew people. So that just got me immediately plugged in. Mm -hmm. So all that to say, like that was very detailed, but I felt like that order of things is very important because all it took was me kind of taking one big step that might've felt maybe initially unusual or uncomfortable, but they're not going to see it that way. Especially a priest, like you're supposed to do that. Like they, they want you to reach out to them and like, and, Mm You know especially if they're going to be a new you're going to be a new parishioner and like be around and be part of the community um so that was like i think something that was really important so of course knowing that that worked out so well that time and that that pulled you know i did end up having such a great community almost immediately um they such great people um when i moved from Calif- we're skipping over my move from Tennessee to California because that's that's the going back to where I was before. Right. But moving from California to Arizona, it was going to be a similar situation where I knew very few people, um, but it was a much bigger community of Catholics here in Arizona than there were in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a in Tennessee because it's the Bible Belt and there's um, there's great Christianity as a foundation in that area but Catholicism was a minority. So like you kind of always banded together, right? Whereas in mm-hmm. Phoenix, Arizona there, it's a huge diocese. It's a wonderful diocese. There are so many churches to choose from. Yeah. Um, and so at the time, like I kind of narrowed down where I wanted to go to church and I tried to do a little bit of reaching out, but I wasn't even really sure at that point exactly where I was going to attend. It wasn't as obvious as it was when I was moving to Tennessee um, as, as to where I would go. Um, and So it was a little harder it was harder it was i had to do a little bit more reaching out blessed is she is based here in arizona so there was some you know there were some you know kind of i don't know how to explain it like like nights that they would they would have like uh worship nights or speaker nights things like that Mm -hmm. um i attended things like that but it was definitely a much slower process so um i realized i kind of lost sight of the initial question but i think that was kind of like where It just looked different, you know, I I did put my best foot forward as best I could the same way that I did when I was in Tennessee, knowing that that turned out so well. But the thing, I think my moral of the story is that no matter how many times you do this or what you think you do is going to be right or, you know, you have experience to show that something you did worked out isn't always going to mean it's going to work out the same way and you have to be okay with that. Like I had to kind of come to terms with the fact that I probably wasn't going to have the same experience here as I did in Tennessee, because that was such a God, I mean, they're always going to be God things. Like it was, this process was going to look different from the one I had in Tennessee. I'm grown up more, matured more. I have different things I have to learn now that God and different things that God is teaching me in my life. And, um, it wasn't as crucial for me in that stage of, at that point in my life to like be immediately surrounded by people, because I think that it was needed then when I just graduated college and needed that comfort level, but I'm a different Mm -hmm. stage now. Like it wasn't really where I was at Um, So while it's what I thought I needed at the time, it turned out that it wasn't. I needed to kind of figure out how to kind of be on my own a little bit even and just take a different step forward. Um, That community has eventually looked different, but, you know, and and kind of formulated over time, but it's taken a lot longer. Um, And I could even argue that it's still not quite where I would have wanted it to be. Um, But I think there's a lesson there that I'm still trying to glean if that, you know, or there's still something there that I'm trying to yeah. figure out as to why that is, but that's okay. Like I'm just at a different stage of life now.
0: Right. And I feel like there's a misconception sometimes when it comes to community that, um, that there's like an arrival point. Exactly. And the reality mm-hmm. is that there isn't right. We're always mm-hmm. striving. And even when we have a good community around us, it takes work to maintain Definitely. and to continue to grow it. Um, Because life happens, you know, some people get busy and they can't come or people move away or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> community is always fluid almost, right? Mm-hmm. We have to grow with ourselves and grow with each other. And I loved that you said that, you know, that community served you in Tennessee when when you were there for where you were at in life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we grow and mature, it's going to look different. Right. but it doesn't mean that we're going to grow and mature out of the need for community. Right. It's just going to look different as we become more comfortable with ourselves or right. our life situations change mm-hmm. or, you know, our whatever needs, that our needs change. Even mm-hmm. if you
1: don't realize it, you know, like I, I could, I have moments at this point where I could say that my experience here in Arizona has been so drastically different community wise from maybe Tennessee or even when I was back in California. Um, in good, both good and bad ways. But at the same time, I'm sure there's a, there's a, there's a reason for that. I'm like, I, and then when I evaluate it more, I realize like, well, I'm not really in a place where I can really pour into a community mm. the way that I would, I know that I would want to, you know, or a specific friend group. Like I realized too, that friend groups and communities and things like that, they, they're, they're not as necessary for me the same way that they might've been at one point in my life. Um, I'm, I'm definitely at this, at this stage, kind of a one-on-one I'm really working on developing those deep friendships type of person, which I always mm-hmm. have been, but they always were kind of in the context of a maybe bigger group of people. Whereas now, like, that's kind of all I have to pour in, you know, that's, that's where my, and that's what I want to pour into is those specific relationships. I'm not in a place where I need to make a bunch of new friends, you know, I'm kind of set where I am in my life. Not that I'm not open to it, but I just mean like, that's not, that's not my overall goal. Whereas... At 22 when i'm moving to tennessee just immediately post-college and i have no other really set of people that i can rely on and you know everyone kind of transitions out of friendships in college too which you might not realize at the time but i was realizing a lot about what what relationships were going to last post-college and which ones weren't even though you know the long distance ones especially um yeah and so i needed a new set of kind of of people to kind of remind me of who i am help me learn who i am and that was also the first time i had had a specifically Catholic community. In college, didn't have that. High school even, didn't have that. I could argue, you know, someone could argue like, well, I went did a lot of youth group stuff in high school, but they weren't like true friends. It was just kind of what you did. Um, so Tennessee was such a big lifting and enlightening experience to meet the people that I did. And if it wasn't for those people, I for sure would not be where I am in my faith now. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's t- something to say too, like it's not just about the stage in life you know, externally, but also like, well, I'm in a different place in my faith now than I ever have been. And mm-hmm. then I was back then. And I needed all those people as inspiration and kind of guides in a way to kind of help me get to the next phase in my faith um, and inspire me that way. I will never, you'll never not need that in people. Like you always are going to need people to help you grow and learn more because you're never, like you said, you're never arriving. There's never an end to that. Yeah. But um, I don't need it the same way. I need it, and I need it to look different. It needs to come from different people and certain people in my life. Um, and I think that's been a good realization for me at this stage to think like, oh, well, I have those people. Like I'm, that doesn't, it's not just because maybe not all of them are here in Arizona, doesn't mean that it doesn't, I don't have a community. Cause that's then the kind of another final thing. Yeah. You know, community can mean a lot of different things, and honestly, it's such a big buzzword, and I kind of hate it sometimes, because it does kind of, it can make people feel really inadequate, that if they don't have, like, this big group of friends, that they're, like, not making it, right, but I can't push back on that more, <laughs> like, um, because I honestly feel I do have a big community of people, I have such a great set of friends in my life, and family, and mentors, you know, that might not all be physically located here, which, that is a point like that's important too. like that's you know that's part of our discussion but that also the the rounder bigger community of catholic people that i've developed a network that we've developed um both from social media even and but even just from other points and stages of my life though some the people that have crossed over all those stages and made it to this point with me um mm-hmm. they're still part of my community they just might not be physically where i am you know <laughs> Um, Totally.
0: And, and I was just reading this book and if you've listened to this podcast, you will know this book by now. (laughs) Um, but this book was telling us about like the psychology of relationships essentially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in our psyche, we can really only handle so many people. Okay. So like we can only handle really about 150 relationships in our lives. Mm -hmm. And only about like 50 of those relationships we can actually consider friends. Like Mm -hmm. we talk more than every 10 Mm -hmm. years, you know, like you actually have a relationship with them. And then like narrowing it down, narrowing it down, narrowing it down. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, I think they say like the family, like who you consider family, whether they are family or is someone so close to you that you consider family can only take up about 15 people and then you can really only have your best friends there can only really be three to five Mm -hmm. and i wish that more people kind of understood this at an earlier age and what i mean by that is i think so much time is spent Mm -hmm. in high school and in college trying to be friends with everybody Everybody. Mm -hmm. instead of people (laughs) right instead of like trying to narrow down and say like I want to be friends with like good friends I want to like know them and them know me I want to be able to have these conversations like I want to have a safe place for things um that you know isn't just like oh I'm going to a party with 300 of my closest friends like you know there's a difference there um and it's I feel like it's a it's a moment of maturity when you start to realize it's not about quantity it's about quality right and as as far as you can you know get in your life there will be times when all of your best closest people are kind of busy and you need somebody right or your best closest (laughs) people are like not like, immediately close to you, like, right. their location is further away, Geographically, not close. Right. right, when you're, like, I need to see you, I need to cry <laughs> on your shoulder, I need you to hold me, I need <laughs> you to tell me it's okay, I need, you need ice cream with me, whatever it may be, right, right? that, oof, that can be a temptation to then be, like, I have no friends, and I need right. to go find new people, and I need, you know, and that's just pointing our, um, Lens in just like a wrong direction, almost. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. But I do think it's important, as you know, in the book that I was reading, also said this: it, our communities, yes, are wider than our location, mm-hmm. but there is an importance in having definitely. people close to us definitely. in our immediate location.
1: Definitely, I can. We can can't all get have... better at. <laughs> oh, definitely, and I can't. I can't say that I. I still don't crave having more physical, you know, geographically close mm-hmm. um, community because, um, like you said, like we all, there is like a fundamental human need for that, um, mm-hmm. a, a you know, a spiritual need even for that. Um, I mean, that's ultimately why churches one of the one of the many reasons why churches exist like you and why you go to mass physically have a parish yeah yeah you know that that is literally a built-in community of people that maybe you don't make friends and have actual relationship with everyone but there's a reason why we as um, as both believers and humans need need that and that it's that that church is while of course the first and foremost priority is like the Eucharist and that's what we're going for um, it's why there's a reason why we do it all together, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's like, you know, God knew that that was a part of our human nature, of course, and that that would be a need for us. So why it's why, you know, even though I might not feel all the time that I have uh, the quantity of friends or community that I, that I would like to have here at, at times, mm-hmm. as soon as I go to church and I'm present with, with everyone else who is worshiping the Lord, um, receiving the Eucharist, there is, there is something that gets satisfied in my heart. Mm-hmm. um and in my soul um when i'm in the presence of of the, all those people and of course of the presence of, of jesus but you know there, there's something that that happening once a week is some sort of it's a craving like you have to you know you that's it's i think it's one also one of the reasons why we as catholics we don't get tired of going to church you know i think people mm-hmm. think like the other other types of of Christians and and other folks who don't always don't don't put as much emphasis on actually physically going to church the same way that Catholics do. Um, they look at, they look at us and they're like, don't you get bored of that? Like, isn't it isn't it, don't you get tired of that? Like, isn't how do you go every week? Like, how have you not any you know? And it's the same thing pretty much every week um, mm-hmm. for the most part and all over the world, which is beautiful, such a blessing. But there's I think there's a reason why we are gifted and blessed with at least from my perspective when you really know what's going on. And truly value it and believe what's happening in the mass that you don't get tired of it it's being present with these with these people and um, in a community and, and like part of the reason why it's not why it doesn't tire us why it doesn't bore us is because of the people that we get to surround ourselves with and because we're part of something um, and I think that's kind of showing of the innate nature of humans to need something physical to go to um, mm-hmm. or a physical community to have um,
0: yeah what's up beloved fam it's me laura Jean. interrupting this episode to tell you about my flagship program made beloved made beloved is a proximate marriage preparation program that was designed with single individuals and dating couples in mind when i was getting my master's in marriage and family theology i was filled with so much gratitude that i got to study those topics as a single woman i knew what i was learning was changing my life not only then but would change everything moving forward I created this program not as a typical marriage preparation program where you already know who and when you're getting married, but more to answer the big questions of, was I made for this? What are these longings teaching me about the design of God for marriage? Is there really something that can fulfill all of these desires of my heart? And if there is, how? How do I start building a life that supports this beautiful design of the Creator? We go over all of that and more in the 12-week Made Beloved program. Registration is now open for a limited time. I only open up registration for a couple of times a year, so go to thebelovedcollective.com to sign up and snag your spot today. Looking for curated, beautiful paper goods and intentional products to simplify your life? Then look no further than the Beloved Co. shop. Yes, my very own product shop is here. Each product is made with the intention of helping you live well in the present moment. Stationery to connect with others, desk pads to help us remember what's really important as we plan out our weeks, and so much more. Intentional Catholic products to help you be a saint now and prepare you well for your future. These also make excellent gifts, so if you're looking for a gift for someone special in your life, check out the Beloved Co-Shop on our website, thebelovedcollective.com. That's Beloved spelled B-L-V-E-D, and as always, you can find the link in our show notes. And that can really... Oof! That can go into so many things. Like oh, so many. Why it's <laughs> I went a little deeper than I planned. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. But like, it, it's just true. And I don't think we should go into it right now. But just mm-hmm. it bears mentioning here that that spiritual element mm-hmm. to community really matters. And mm-hmm. that closest that we, that we feel with other people who are worshiping at the same time as us is real Mm -hmm. Um, and goes to show that when you have a friendship, like a good friendship with someone else who is of similar beliefs, but Mm -hmm. more importantly, similar faith, the same faith, Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. it can be such a deeper relationship. Oh yes. And that's why I am a huge proponent in, you know, determining your future spouse, also based on their spirituality. And I know that's not popular. You know, people can be like, you can love whoever. And Mm -hmm. that's true. You can, Mm -hmm. but if you are living your life in a way that is very in the direction of the Lord, then you're going to crave someone who's also running in that same direction and not the other way, because then you run the risk of trying to pull each other. And Mm -hmm. one of you has got to give. Right right and so we can't really anyway (laughs) well I think that's what well I think that's where my
1: community has now changed so much because I -hmm. now have a select few people at least one or two that are that are local bless you know thank the lord but then even a couple couple that aren't local to me but that I don't that's one of the reasons why I don't feel as much of a need to have that quantity of friends anymore have that like go-to g- gal group that were like, we're going to be the three to five girls that are going to go do everything together. Like, I don't feel yeah. as much of a need for that anymore because I now have narrowed down and have matured and grown in my faith spiritually enough um, and crave that more now that those few people who I found who have that same desire and are feeding into each other and, give, and and speaking life to each other in that way, like, that's I found that that's what I need more than anything else and why I don't crave the other thing quite as much because I'm... Mm-hmm finding that depth, like uh, that I, you know, it's like I've gone through stages and steps of getting to a certain point of relationships and friendships, um, and community. So now I'm not going to say I'm done, just like I said, we've already established you're not ever done, but that I'm at a level now that I, I never would have predicted ever existing, even, mm-hmm. even back when I was living in Tennessee. And I have some, uh, uh, you know, at least one to two of my best, still that best friend that I mentioned still is one of those people for me as well, that. Has been so inspiring in my faith and, and growing so much, in that, that there's a select few people that I can pour my entire heart and soul into, and they know exactly, you know, what I'm feeling, or how to help me, or or they believe what I do too, so they know how to, you know, what to speak to and things like. And I could go on for days, but like that's having that kind of community, um, both locally and otherwise has kind of now has been like, it's like a grad each, you guys, it's like you graduate steps, like you graduate communities, you know, (laughs) as you grow and as you mature. Um, and in some ways I even think it is like almost a preparation for at some point I'm going to, I, you know, hoping Jesus, please, that I'm going to be married and have a a spouse who Mm -hmm. will, it's like I'm preparing for that almost, you know, you're preparing for levels of depth that at some point now, of course, the utmost person you want to have that depth with is, is Jesus Christ. But that, on earth your spouse is meant to be that that then that that person that that's Mm -hmm. that's the person for you to be able to pour that into and vice versa Um, exactly feel like i'm being prepared for that in a way um yeah same thing with that community element where like once i'm married like even if i had had that group of friends you know (laughs) that i was kind of always hoping for in in certain communities that gal group Mm -hmm. it almost it would have to go to a certain kind of wayside, you know, mm-hmm. once I got married, you know, if and when, you know, when that happens, we're saying when, <laughs> when that happens. Um, and so again, it's like, I'm, almost, I'm at a step now where because that hasn't happened yet, I'm still going the next step up to prepare for it. Yeah. Um,
0: so I could Yeah. And, and, and marriage is really the deepest form of friendship. Yeah. And so it's not like you can have, you know, live your whole life apart from other people fall in love Mm -hmm. and get married without having this same like experience of building a friendship because you have to build a friendship with your spouse. And so you're exactly right. This is preparing you well. And while yes, when you do get married, these relationships will change the priority Of your relationships will change. Your first priority is then your your spouse Mm -hmm. um, and then your family. And so while it may change, having friendships while married is still so, Mm -hmm. so, so, so important. And it is very helpful to be continuing to build up those friendships strong. Like it's not a waste of time to build those up. You know, even when you're dating, even when you're right. engaged, it's not a waste of time. In fact, it's really right. help, healthy and helpful for your future together with your spouse to maintain a ha- happy right. marriage. Because you know, your spouse isn't going to be around twenty four seven as right. much as right. would right. imagine that. But right. um, and just like we have, you know,
1: you know, we start off with our with our familial relationships and growing up. Like that's our priorities. Like you know, that shifts as we grow and. Mm-hmm. And, are, and now our, you know, our certain friendships have kind of taken the place of the people that we, you know, need that from. We need a certain level of depth. And so now I am at a place where I have those select few friends that I imagine being the ones mm-hmm. that I will maintain through marriage and family, you mm-hmm. know, in, in the future. Um, and that's such a blessing. And I can't, and each step that I've taken has built to that. Why it's like, you know, helped me get to this point and that this point will then continue to help me get to the next one mm-hmm. um, of marriage or, you know, family and family. And and, um, and I can't imagine having had that happen any, any differently. And and it's what I remind myself when I'm feeling down about not having a certain type of community that I felt like I should have, You should yeah. being the alternative word, because that's what society tells us we need to have. Or even even right. within our Christian spheres, I feel like sometimes it's, it's pressured in a way that if you don't have, you know, the closest small group in the world or like the you know the, mm-hmm. the 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 select three to five girls that you're doing everything with that that somehow is lack making you that you're lacking somehow mm-hmm. um, but you're right and that i you know everyone is different too like every per every individual is different and their needs are going to look different um so their 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 place in the community is going to look different um but you were talking about how you know how what things that we can be doing within our communities or within, you know, where we are at to be cultivating those things.
0: Yeah. Um, and I keep
1: coming back to like the only thing I can think is like kind of the, a blanket, I don't want to say solution, but tactic is that you kind of just have to get over yourself and do it. Like, <laughs> like there are some things that you kind of just have to be able to say like, you know, you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone in certain areas or, um, being in really intentional like maybe in ways that you don't normally find yourself being intentional but that that's because that's the only way that you're gonna be seen people aren't just gonna come to you but yeah that 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 putting yourself out there and being the intentional person um, you have to kind of almost force yourself to be seen and that feels sometimes counterintuitive because you want by nature we want to just be seen for who we are which is valid and at some point that will be the case. But you know, you kind of have to maybe be a little louder than your natural self if that's not natural for yeah. you. Um in order yeah, to Yeah, especially
0: pass. as women, we want to be just kind of like picked out. Like that's what right, all exactly. the fairy tales are. Good. Like Yeah. Right, it's what all the fairy tales are. It's this woman who's, mm-hmm. you know, alone kind of and then they're just kind of chosen and picked out and seen right. for their beauty we in reality is that there are just so many people out there right, that right. you have to make your own way. You have to, exactly. and, and not like boastfully, but like yeah. you have to be yourself. Yeah. And I struggle a lot with that because I'm, I'm very introverted. So mm-hmm. even like showing up somewhere is a lot yeah. for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so when I, you know, had this big move to Europe, when I moved there, i admit i did a terrible job and if anyone who my fellow students who are listening to this i apologize <laughs> <laughs> like seriously i was i looking back i'm like I, I acted like a five-year-old like i don't understand why i did that but it's fine mm-hmm. um because we are groaning, growing, growing
1: right now yeah
0: <laughs> and i'm realizing it and you know what we are hopefully maturing and getting better. Um, but I would literally, every Sunday, there would be a um, a brunch that mm-hmm. usually, not every, but usually uh, we would just all, all the students would get together after mass and just cook a bunch of food and it would be just kind of like a communal thing. Right, right. And I am not kidding you, I would sit in my room and wait until someone came and invited me to come. Mm. Oh, boy. Also, because, like, part of it, I was just, like, I'm not, I wasn't really super close with many of them. And so I was, like, I don't really want to go out there. I'm just going to feel awkward. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that I didn't, like, I didn't know I wasn't invited. Do you know what I mean? Like, I knew I could go if I wanted to. I just was so introverted that I was, like, I need someone to come, like, hold my hand. (laughs) I'm sure you're not alone in that. I'm sure a lot of
1: people, not only, I mean... Maybe even at that same event or within that same scenario, there are people who felt that way. But also, that's just very common. I mean, I'm sh- you're not alone. <laughs> I'm sure there are lots of introverts listening or who have experienced that and and understand exactly. Yeah. What you're- so
0: I'm just trying to say, like, as introverts, if you are an introvert and listening to this, like, I feel you. It's a lot harder mm. than some of our extroverted friends make it look. I'm <laughs> sure that it's not. 100%, you know, comfortable for them either at points mm-hmm. in time. Mm-hmm. But for us, there's almost like another hurdle to get over. Right. And if you've been knocked down, I just want to encourage you to keep getting up. Because, yes, down. there will be times when literally you did the thing, you got up, you went to the event, and it tanked okay there will be those times yep, sure. or it was just like eh, okay and we can't expect that the first time we step out and say hey i'm here i i want to participate in this community yeah. for it to go exceedingly well we can't expect that we have to right. do it multiple times right. and we have to get up and keep going and try new things and try the same thing again it has to be practice
1: like it's a it's a mm-hmm. it's a skill just like any yeah. other that needs to be practiced and worked through and right. evaluate you know looking looked back on and you know like this is where i could do better this is what didn't do it there right not not to be self-criticizing but just to say like you know like okay well i've done this now this many times or or I've, i keep putting myself out there and once some at some point it'll pay off it will because um, that was something you know based on what you were saying like that would have been one of my points is that even for extroverts for i mean really for everyone alike like you have in these scenarios of kind of putting yourself out there and having and, and uh meeting new people you kind of have to just learn how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable like it's there are gonna be awkward things that happen. There's gonna be awkward conversations that feel like they're going nowhere. or you know, um, you say, might say something real, that to you sounded so stupid in your head, but like you also have to also helps to remind yourself that I bet you you're not the only one in that room feeling that way. you know like you you're not alone, especially if it's a scenario where there's a lot of new people meeting new, other new people, like you know, where it's meant to be a situation where you're networking or you're making new friends. Um, that might feel differently if you're entering into a situation where there's already an existing community that where everyone knows everyone. But even then there's a lot of small, there's a lot of small talk happening. There's a lot of things that conversations that are, you know, seem meaningless. So you just kind of have to start practicing communicating and talking and kind of inserting yourself. Cause that's something that I feel like I've had, even as an expert, I had to kind of have learned how to do better over time is just kind of being okay with just kind of throwing myself into situations um, or inserting myself into conversations, because most people are totally fine with it. You know, if you're going to be in a situation where there's a lot of people around, it's not like they're going to be talking about anything really important or super deep, because that's just not a situation in which you're doing that. So, being able to just kind of learn how to throw um, throw, throw your your two cents in or insert yourself into a situation or conversation, even. Um, you'd be surprised at yeah. how open and welcoming people are to that. Um, cause I think part of us, as I know I'm coming from also being a people pleaser and that part of us think that people are going to look back on us and be like, Oh, what's she doing? Like, why'd she interrupt? Or why'd she do that? I guarantee you, no one's actually thinking that. Like <laughs> it's the people, the people who think that are the ones that have, they're the ones with the problem, not you, you know, it's not your fault for wanting to put yourself out there. So it's just learning to be uncomfortable right. and be un- or learning to be comfortable with the uncomfortable and the awkward.
0: And I think one thing that I know I forget to think about, but one way to insert yourself in a conversation and not be like all about you, you know what I mean? Like sometimes it can be like, well, I don't want to just jump in and talk about myself here, right? Um, To like come up with an interesting question, right? Mm -hmm. And if, you know, especially if you like hate small talk, like come up with an interesting question that goes a little bit deeper than small talk. That you are, you know, ready to have at at a moment's notice to just come in and be like, that's interesting that you say that and like follow up with something that they said. I mean, that's more for in a conversation, Mm -hmm. but there will be times when you're just at, you know, those moments of small talk. So if you like kind of have some interesting questions, people will remember you for, you know, being present and being interested in other people, right? Yeah, and that exactly. speaks the most, right? Because we all want to have someone take interest in us. Right. And so by, by, you know, kind of using the golden rule as a psychological mm-hmm. kind of
1: exactly.
0: idea of like,
1: other people like talking about themselves,
0: <laughs> exactly how would I want to be treated in this situation? How would I want to be welcomed into a conversation? okay, how can I do that to someone else? And sometimes it seriously is that simple of having that intention um, behind entering a conversation,
1: but also posturing your heart so that you actually are genuinely interested in these people.
0: Oh, 100%. And I'm not saying just using this as a tactic, but like, I know
1: you're not, I know that's not what you were saying, but just so people get that, that yes, that it's also, it's a, it's a tactic, but also that it's going to be the most effective tactic when you actually are genuinely interested and you have to you do kind of have to train yourself and and say like, and have that open heart to say that you actually are interested in what these people are going to say. And you are wanting to know the answer to those questions.
0: Um, Well, it's posturing your heart away from what can I get out of this conversation? How can I shine? How can I be seen to, what can I learn about them? Right. How can I highlight them? How can I let them um, see that they're known and loved and how can I know them better? Like right. taking that genuine interest in somebody else.
1: Right. Cause I can, I can definitely look back at varying situations I've been in. And I know that I've been the most affected by the people that have done that with me. Like those are the people mm-hmm. who stand out most to me when I've been in those situations before. And I granted, I, like I said, I try to be that person too, but those who, the people who will stand out to me are the ones who, you know, also are, appear genuinely interested in what I have to say or about me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to give some grace. I mean, sometimes you're in situations where that's not necessarily going to be the case, but at the end of the day, like I know that if that's standing out to me, then if I'm doing that, then that has to be standing out to them too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. I mean, my, I remember that <laughs> my mom said to me ages ago and I've always held this so close. And this is, I feel like one of the reasons why I would consider myself fairly good in these situations is, is exactly what you said. Like my mom, my mom literally would tell me the way to make friends is to ask questions like mm-hmm. literally. And I, I, I tell, I mean, People might end up getting annoyed with me at how many questions I asked them. <laughs> but mm-hmm. like, that is always a way that I knew that I had to, you know, make friends and build community is to be interested and to ask people um, about them. Um, yeah. And turn around um, and it will show that what they're, it will tell people just by your example, um, what kind of friend you would be, you know, if that's, if that's mm-hmm. what you're initially starting off with.
0: Exactly. So taking that as maybe one of our first really practical sides, right, of Mm -hmm. what can we do right now to cultivate community, Mm -hmm. right? Go out and meet people. And when we meet people, ask interesting questions, right? Let's say that's number one. So like following that, what are some other things um, we can practically say for like cultivating community? And I want to start here. (laughs) Number two, um, the art of the follow up. I think this is so under appreciated and underdone, um, right? You meet someone for the first time and you may not have a complete picture of who they are. You're of course not going to have a complete picture of who they are, unless you spent, mm-hmm. you know, hours and hours and hours talking about their life. Right. Um, and if you realize how hard it is to step out in the first place and meet that person in the first place, mm-hmm. then not following up with them either the next time you see them or reaching out to them before you see them to maybe see them, etc. It can, you know, that's this next step. And I think sometimes people, I, myself included, you know, I've gone to events where I show up and I say, you know what? I've done my part. I've shown up. I've asked the questions. Mm-hmm. Why am I still not friends with these people? Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it takes Consistency and it takes going right. back and maybe having the same conversation twice. Maybe having to introduce yourself yeah. another time because not everyone met people. <laughs> exactly. So, like, that's the thing of like, don't give up, but also like, intentionally reach back out to people you've right. met to continue that conversation, to continue um, that connection, to continue that mm-hmm. friendship.
1: And sometimes it also has to mean like that kind of in, be- in between those two things, you might also have to step outside of another level of comfort zone and actually ask for what it would be, like what that communication will be Yeah. Um, in order to do that. Like you might have to ask for their number or in this world, <laughs> ask for their Instagram or something that would be a way for you to then communicate with them later. Uh, so and true. even that step alone, that kind of mini step in between also says something up to mm-hmm. them about you and what your intentions are. Um, yeah. as a potential friend or at least as a potential um, network, whatever. Because so, here's the thing too, is like so much of this applies to marketing and networking too. So I'm not going to go into that, yeah. but like so many of these skills are similar. Um, but we're talking about genuine friendship here. But point being, um, that step is important as well. So, but yeah. in order to then say like, now I have the, the means to be intentional and to do that follow-up mm-hmm. and just asking for it alone is already... An intention in and of itself that said something to that person
0: yes and another thing in that in-between spot that you're talking about is that if you happen to see them in person again Mm -hmm. please for the love of all things that are good Acknowledge them and acknowledge (laughs) that you've met them. It's literally one of my biggest pet peeves going back to the same community events or whatever, Mm -hmm. and people who I've met once, twice, three, seven times (laughs) and literally standing next to them. And there being no like Mm -hmm. indication that we've met before. And it's frustrating. And the reason it's frustrating is because they're not, acknowledging you and that is hard on you i mean that that's a hit on your dignity so ladies and gentlemen let's just be better at that
1: (laughs) even just in the sense of like just common courtesy of being of being in community with people in general um, that is greeting be...
0: people when they walk in the room, right, like right. simple respect. things you're like respecting that.
1: respecting them as a person and as a, as a fellow human being, but, um, doesn't mean that you're trying to be best friends with them. It just means that like, you're recognizing that you have met them and that you have established some sort of connection. Um, mm-hmm. and you don't, you know, in doing that, you're not trying, you're not trying to say something about where you want to be as a, a level of friendship. You're just saying, you're just acknowledging mm-hmm. who they are. Um, yeah. But you definitely, you definitely. I mean, you have to do that on basic level, like you said. But yeah. you especially have to do that if you actually want to be friends with that person, <laughs> no yeah. doubt. Um, oh my gosh, yes. I'd like to do more than just the acknowledging, for sure. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, but then you know, going back to what you said, the, the intentional, the intentionality of follow up is definitely super important mm-hmm. within building, building a community. You can't mm-hmm. just expect it to come to you, and it happened yeah. to you. You can't put it on the other person even to do the same thing or to be that intentional. Not that they don't have that desire as well, but this isn't like a guy girl thing necessarily where it's like expected that the guy's going to ask out the girl and you're just waiting for that to happen. Mm -hmm. You can't, you can't, you can't wait for that. You don't know if that's going to be the case. Um, If it's just your pride that's in the way of you doing that, um, of taking that step first, taking the first step um, in that follow-up then you have to get over that because that's not pride has no place in this situation. Right. Um, and you're right that that follow up is so important for the intentionality of the future and, de- and kind of mm-hmm. determine that intentionality throughout your relationship, your future relationship. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And a third, I think I'm just thinking yeah. here, but a third way that we can be really prac like practically build relationships. And I like this, how it's kind of going from, step one, baby step, to step two of like the follow-up. And then to step three, you know, like you just mentioned, reach out. Like take the initiative because Mm -hmm. I've spent way too long, way too many hours, way too many days, way too many years sitting on my butt and waiting for somebody to take initiative and invite me to something or to, you know, get together. But the reality is that, you know, if I'm feeling that way, probably so is my friend across town who mm-hmm. i really do want to see and instead of waiting until they text me to go hang out i'm mm-hmm. just going to go text them right? right take the initiative plan the game night say right. i'm coming over with dinner invite somebody to get groceries with you whatever it may be it can be very mm-hmm. simple like yeah, take you start that initiative slowly.
1: yeah yeah mm-hmm. i think people expect to that that first time spending time with someone outside of those like bigger events or social events or whatever that it has to be something spectacular or has to be like, you have to like show your best true colors that like this is going to be the best thing ever. It doesn't, it just has to be, it could just be coffee. It could just be like, yeah. you said. let's just go like run an errand or two together, which it sounds anticlimactic. I get it, but you're just breaking some ice still, you know, you don't, mm-hmm. it might be a little too much to go sit down and have like a real deep one on one. Like don't expect that that has to be what you do right off the bat. And I think that's a mistake that I've made in the past where it's like, if I haven't been able to like jump 10 levels of friendship in the first like one to two times of hanging out, then I'm like, oh, it's not gonna work. Like, oh, we're not really gonna be great friends. But like, that's (laughs) not fair. You know, like there has to be, there are some people that might work with, I mean, and I've had it happen. And I think maybe that's why I have the expectation is I have had that happen a couple Mm of times where we just are kindred spirits and it's gonna jump to the, you know, level 10 really quick. But there are other times when, you know, you have to kind of let it grow. slowly and yeah it just takes longer
0: yeah it doesn't mean Uh, it's bad or like it's just different
1: right yeah there's no judgment on where that relationship could go just because in the first two times of seeing each other you haven't like you know shared your entire life story like that doesn't have to be the case it can be casual you don't even have to talk Mm -hmm. about anything serious for that matter you know just let yourself be seen and known for just the the surface of who you are you know that that's important too um it's good to know it's good to eventually know your heart that's like we said that's a desire of of as humans is for people to see us for who we truly Mm -hmm. are but there's multiple layers of that there's peeling back the onion Mm -hmm. you know like it so it doesn't all have to be ripped out right off the bat um and i think that's a mistake too that we make in building community that it just happens if it's not going at a certain pace that we kind of give up um Mm -hmm and that's just not really fair to the fact that we're all different and we all have different paces and different levels and comfortability and, Mm -hmm. and trust and vulnerability, like all those things play into building friendships and you can't just expect it to hit a certain point at this stage, you know, like it has very true grace.
0: Very true. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Totally. Well, this has been a very fruitful conversation, I think. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, before I ask you the last question, Um, I want to just encourage everyone listening, take a deep breath because no one's perfect. (laughs) We've all been places in our lives where our community is not great and the need for that community never goes away. So I just want to encourage you all to continue to get back up, get back out there, take the initiative and just let yourself be seen for who you are. Like you don't have to make up part of you. You don't have to show up perfect face of makeup perfect hair at every event or every time you see a friend right they should you know be getting to know you and all the parts of you and love you for who you are and you know exactly that's how you should present yourself because you are beautiful and you were created by god that way so
1: and i'd like to have a little almost disclaimer too in that in, I bet there are gonna be people who think that even everything that we've set up to now like the points that we've made and um, Kind of our practical steps even are things that they've heard before but I almost would argue that that's that's kind of the point. It really is. It can be that simple um, It can be that basic and I think we forget that I think we can we, mm-hmm. we hype it up in, in our minds to think that there has to be all these complex steps and there's like tricks and 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 strategies even. And at the end of the day, like we're all still, we're all people, we're all struggling with the same things and we all have the same basic needs and desires for relationship and community. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be complicated. You do kind of just have to look a little bit more inward and see like, what can I actually do to put myself out there or to take steps um, in a certain direction? And it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be as simple as putting yourself out there, asking questions, following up, you know, like it doesn't have to be more, more than that.
0: Well, totally, and and it is it is as simpler, like it it is simple because it is such at the core of who we are. We are built for community, therefore we innately have this desire, drive, and Mm -hmm. intuition in how to build that. It's all of the experiences, the hurt, the bad habits, the way that we spend our time that then takes away from that initial idea of how to do something the natural and then we're also
1: our natural inclinations
0: exactly and we're also like we have to recognize that these people that we are building community with are also fallen human beings like no exactly. one is perfect not exactly. us but we also not the people we are building communities with
1: right right simple simple yeah. doesn't mean easy but it just means that you know like you said, we're all basic. We're all yeah, well, <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, great. Um, w- I was just wondering. I love to ask my um, guests this: What has been a quote that has been touching you lately? Um, I know they're like, I love quotes, so I can't ever ask mm-hmm. someone for like their favorite quote because that's just too. Printful. I know it's,
1: it change- I mean, it changes
0: on the regular for me. All the exactly. Time. So, uh, what has been something that's been touching you lately?
1: Yeah, so I mean it, it okay they will not be related to this specific topic at least not directly, but my one of the reasons why I love this quote is because it is so uni- universally applicable, I think to pretty much all areas of life just depending on how you want to apply it. Mm-hmm. Um and so this is our, our fave, it's JP2, John, Saint John Paul II. Um but it's freedom consists not in doing what we like, but in having the right to do what we ought. Um and I think that just kind of really defines our goal as as humans in this life. honestly, like it's not even directly referencing anything about faith or spirituality. Um, but it can imply it just in its practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why I think it speaks so much to me and and I have a lot I always have had a lot to say regarding the the topics of of freedom and discipline and how those have really gotten lost in today's world. Um, and so I think that's what, one of the reasons why it speaks to me so heavily.
0: Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you for coming on again today to chat about this with me. I really appreciate it. And um, for everyone else, we will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Dear Beloved podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or many on social media and leave a rating and review. And don't forget to follow along at the Beloved Collective on Instagram and YouTube. That's Beloved spelled B L V E D.